Welcome into another episode of New York Her. I'm your host, Caroline Hendershot, and today I am joined by two incredible women. I cannot wait to introduce you to Dr. Simone Edwards and Mia Brickhouse, two coaches for the Hawthorne High School Girls Flag Football League this past season. And you guys led Hawthorne High School to the championship in your first year in the league. So incredible feats for both of you. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so appreciative. Thank you for, Thanks having, for us. having us. Of course, of course. Okay, so before we dive fully into the Girls High School Flag Football League, I wanna get a little bit into each of your backgrounds because you guys are some of the most impressive women I've read up on as of late, like Thank the you. most athletic and just continuing to expand all of these opportunities for young girls and young women across the state of New Jersey, really, I guess. So both of you were very accomplished college athletes. I wanna start, I wrote it all down because there's too many accolades <laughs> to just remember. So Mia, you played, you went to Villanova and you were very accomplished there, but then once you graduated, you played with the Philadelphia Liberty Bells of the National Women's Football Association. Then you joined a Massachusetts team and played with them all the way till 2018. You won two gold medals with the U.S. National Women's Football Team, and you were considered one of the best all-around players in women's football. Like, okay, that's casual. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to do something boring. Yes. That didn't want to work the desk job just yet. You got it. Uh -huh. I kept going. <laughs> and Dr. Edwards, you too, you went to Fairleigh Dickinson University of Madison. You were the school's female athlete for three years in a row. Yes. Played basketball, volleyball, and softball. So not one, but three sports. Then you were two-time All-American. You played for the Philadelphia Phoenix. And now you're a founder and owner of the New Jersey Titans women's football team. Yes. Like, you too. It just doesn't stop with Thank the both of you. You keep pushing the envelope. <laughs> we try, we try. So what made you both go into football? Because obviously that wasn't a sport that was offered in college for sure. women. So how did you both find it? You want to start? Sure, I'll Go start. For it. I um I was accomplished, um, you know, in basketball, and then after I graduated, you know, as athletes, we want to keep going and find something else mm -hmm. on that level. So my nephew actually read an article um, that they were hosting tryouts in Philadelphia, and so I love football. You know, grew up watching it, always playing in the streets like the tomboy, mm -hmm. you know, with, with the neighbors. Um, and he said, you know, why don't you go out for the team? And I said, I, I think I'm going to. So even though it was in Philadelphia, that was the only team that was close to me at that time. Um, and so I went out, you know, made, made the team. That's where I met, well, I call her Brick. That's where <laughs> I met Brick. Um, you know, we, we've been family ever, ever since. But I was really just looking for something that was high level um, because that's what I was used to playing. Right. You were used to the high level of athletics and like Brick said <laughs> earlier, you can't give that up easily. So you Very had to true. find the next level Very of true. it. How did you get into it, Mia? A little different. Mm -hmm. I, I was actually in law school. Yeah. And I hated it. Uh, I just, uh, the learning was great. Mm -hmm. So for those, yes, academics all the way. But I just, I needed an outlet. Mm -hmm. And I found out that someone in the athletic department played tackle football. And this girl was 110 pounds, soaking wet, like dangly arms. And I thought, mm -hmm. if she can play, I definitely can play. Mm -hmm. And then I was hooked from that point on. Was it intimidating for either of you to experiment in a sport that typically completely only for guys and also that you've never played before? I don't think so much in regards to it being a guy's sport. Mm -hmm. 
But I think when I went and I saw these women who were ginormous, right. I think that was probably more intimidating for me <laughs> yeah. than just knowing that it was a, a guy sport, you know. Right. But but the um, the level of intensity and just the um, you know the um, excitement of it, um, I think, got me over the hurdle of being in intimidated. Yeah. When you first tried out and you first walked into that tryout, what was your initial reaction? My initial reaction was similar to Doc's, which is, this is great that you see all types of bodies mm -hmm. and ages here. And I, it felt home from yeah. the moment I stepped on the field. It really did. Because it's like, no matter what happens in life, I have a home in football. Right. Mm -hmm. Were people shocked when you told them you played football professionally? Absolutely. What were some of the reactions you got? From my standpoint, most was fear. Don't you know? Don't get broken. Yeah. That was, and then they, when they found out I was a running back and a linebacker, it was like, oh, you're gonna get hurt. Uh, luckily enough, I only, I did get hurt one time, but I, I played 16 years with basically only one injury. That's crazy. That is crazy. What about you? I, I think the shock factor was, oh, powder puff. You know, yep. that, that mm -hmm. was always the, the next follow-up question, mm -hmm. and it's like, no, full tackle. You know, come and see. Yeah. Are you guys good? Come and check us out, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and just to go back to, to Brick, she, she's being very modest. She is, um, I can tell. The time that she stepped on the football field, she was just a ridiculous athlete. I mean, just un unstoppable. I mean, unstoppable. to be referenced online as one of the best all-around players that the league has ever seen. That is very true. I would say that she's true. being very humble over there. She is. She is. So I can brag for her because yes. I call myself her older sister. So That's I'll right. do the brag for where I learned everything I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what were some of the challenges that came with, I guess, going through a, a full tackle sport and going Maybe you didn't grow up football fans, maybe you did, but learning all of these new rules, having to learn a whole new game, and also kind of dealing with a little bit of discrimination of that women aren't supposed to play football and they sure. aren't supposed to do these types of physical, full-on activities. Sure, I think the biggest challenge um, is exactly what you said. You know, most women are the nurturers for their household. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you find that every woman that plays tackle football also has a regular full-time job and they're mm -hmm. also trying to manage home. They're trying to manage kids. They're trying to manage, you know, their spouses, um, you know, and there's no money there. So, right. you know, we definitely were not playing for the money. We were mm -hmm. playing for the love of the game. And I think the challenge um, came in with that, you know, just the financial part. And, you know, as Brick reference, you know, don't get hurt, you know, because if someone's getting hurt, well, now who's taking care of my children at home because I'm the breadwinner or, you know, I'm the working mom, you know, and if I get hurt, then who's taking care of, of my children? So right. I think that was probably the most challenging and part of, of playing football and then also the financial part. You know, we basically paid to play. Right, exactly. Um, you know, and, that, and that, that's always tough because not everyone can afford that luxury, you know, to, to have the finances to be able to participate in the sport for the season. And like you said, it's taking a huge chunk of your time. So you're working a full-time job, you sure. then have this, you then have home life. It's, it's a lot. What about you, Mia? Same, I, I would say for me, you know, I had to make some tough choices probably at the height of my football playing career. Mm -hmm. And remember, we started late in life, so we didn't have the opportunities uh, to play when we were in middle school and high school. So we started late, and then you're developing your career. At the same time, 
you're competing for a national championship. Mm -hmm. And at some point you have to make a decision. And a lot of people have to choose their career and their families over football. Mm -hmm. And I applaud the women that are still playing now. I was in Kenton this weekend in the women's football championship. It's played in the Hall of Fame Stadium. And they are, they are just representing the, the league so well. Mm -hmm. But I just couldn't do it anymore. And, right. you know, no, no, <laughs> no regrets. But it is a tough decision to make. Right. And I think stepping away from something, not only that you're really good at, but as we were all talking earlier, kind of fuels that fire in you and really fulfills that purpose almost. That's that's so hard to walk yeah. away from. Like, how do you even do that? But what were some of the best memories that you have from your playing days? I know Mia's <laughs> won gold medals, so there's probably a lot to count over there, but <laughs> what about you, Dr. Edwards? I, I think um, mainly my biggest accomplishment um, in football, I think, was starting my own team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, got a little taxing, driving two and a half hours to and fro practice, you know, from New Jersey to, to Philly. Mm -hmm. And so I started my own team and we ended up winning the championship in, in 2012. Um, and then I exited on top, you know, and again, yeah. <laughs> very, very tough decision to make, mm -hmm. you know, but I wanted to start a family, you know, and not getting any younger yeah um you know and people still call and say hey listen you know can we start them back up but it, it really is uh, a time commitment yeah. you know and we don't really do anything halfway mm -hmm. um you know so i i know what it takes um you know and it just i, I just didn't have the manpower to continue, you know, to be able to round up the, the girls, to, to try to help them out with the right. financial situation. Um, you know, it was just, it was just tough. And, and it, was, it was very tough to walk away. Um, but as, you know, Brick said, no regrets. I have a little, you know, daughter to, to speak for mm -hmm. my walking away. daughter. There oh, you thank go. you, thank <laughs> you, Brick. Yeah, so, so she makes it all worthwhile. You touched on starting your own team. I'm gonna come back to that. Don't think you just <laughs> dropped that and got away with it. But Mia, what was your best memory from your playing days? There's a lot. Uh -huh. um, I think when I went to Sweden to play for Team USA mm -hmm. and the first time we played in the national anthem uh, was playing. For some reason, I just got overcome with emotion that I'm doing something that I never thought, I never dreamed of, Yeah. right? And I'm overseas playing for my country. It was just so overwhelming, but that moment I remember just because it was so powerful and it gave me hope that the generations coming behind me are gonna have this opportunity as long as you know, we keep carrying the banner for, for, for women's football, whether it's flag or tackle. Mm -hmm. uh, you hope that, you know, our daughters actually will, will one day be <laughs> yes. able to play. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you are doing by helping coach in the league and everything, but that gave me a little bit of chills. <laughs> that was really special. But, okay, so Dr. Edwards, you started your own team. Was the whole reason you started your own team because you hated that drive, or was it, was there another reason? <laughs> I think it's twofold, right? Yeah. Because I, I know we had some great athletes in, in New Jersey, you know, and some of my friends, you know, I would try to get them to come and play for Philly, and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not done. It's too, it's too far. It's too right. far. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I promise you, we're going to start a team here. So it took me three years to, to get it off of, of the ground, but once we got it off of the ground, I mean, we, there was just no turning back how do you even go about that starting your own team uh recruiting my parents my yep. sisters my nieces and nephews yep. Whole who ran the concession fair. stands the yep. security mm -hmm. you know booth um you know it was it was difficult um but i think when you have a passion 
um, you know, for, for something, it, it doesn't matter uh, what the obstacles are in front of you, you somehow are able to overcome th those obstacles and, and get it done. Okay, so the passion comes through, it, full circle moment this Absolutely. last year when the AD at your school, at Hawthorne High School, yes. came to you. Mm -hmm. First of all, I wanna know who leaked your past to him that you were this phenomenal <laughs> football player because you told me, you didn't go, you, you're not going around telling people, oh yes, I played professional football, Very like true. you're keeping that under the wraps. So how did he find out about it and what did he say when he came to you asking to be the coach? Yeah, I think what happened is I, I have an article. Um, so we were covered after we won the championship. The Herald News covered us and they put it on a plaque and I, and I have that hanging in my office. Mm -hmm. So I think the principal came in to talk to me about a student and he happened to glance over, um, you know, and he started reading and he's like, wait a minute, you played like tackle football and mm -hmm. that conversation started in mm -hmm. my office and then it led over to the admin assistants in the main office and then it was like the talk of mm -hmm. you know oh dr edwards you should coach you should coach mm -hmm. and then the kids started coming in and say are you coaching are you coaching you know and i'm like well i'm, I'm not sure you know <laughs> Wait not, a uh, yeah you know mm -hmm. and then uh rick and i have have this joke too because when we spoke to, well when i spoke to the ad one of my questions was do we have any athletes? Because <laughs> honest to God, I think if he said no, I'm I'm really not sure <laughs> yeah. if I would have been gung ho uh -huh. about you know. Yeah. Um, but we have one particular uh, player who we call her like the goat of a Porthorn High School. Um, her name is Brianna Andrioli, and when I started hearing the conversation about what she can do and what type of athlete she is, and I said okay, I think I think we can I think we can do this, you know. And, and the conversation you know ensued with 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 uh, Brick. And, and the rest was history. What did she say to you, <laughs> Mia, that convinced you? You were like, okay, I guess, guess we're doing this again. Uh, <laughs> Getting the band back together. It, it didn't take much yeah. to convince me. It's my other half is the mm -hmm. one that you have to convince. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've always wanted to see if I could coach. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what better opportunity? Right. And it's exactly what happened. And then I got hooked, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> well, so what? Was it what was like the initial challenge, finding the team, putting everyone together? But then you also had to teach some of these girls that maybe none of them even knew how to play football. How to play football? How did that even come into fruition? Well, from, from my standpoint, the hardest thing was understanding the rules, mm -hmm. teaching the rules, mm -hmm. and then sometimes even reminding the referees of the rules. Yeah. And I think there's so many moving components when it comes to knowing the game that you have to know every single detail, mm -hmm. along with making sure the right players in the game and looking ahead and calling the plays. It's just so many moving parts, it's really hard. So involved. What about for you? Just, just to uh, uh, piggyback on what Brick said, definitely, um, it was very challenging just learning the rules in itself. Um, but I think the other challenge in part for us um, is that we had a team of 24 girls, mm -hmm. but realistically, we probably had about seven athletes. Wow. And so it was very challenging for us to, one, be able to encourage the ones who really aren't athletes. I mean, we had some girls who never played a sport before in their entire life. And here they are coming out for, uh, you know, a not so easy game to, to learn. To learn, yeah, you know? 100%. So in, in terms of us having the patience and the diligence to try to make sure that everyone felt included, felt that they were just as important as the next person, um, you know, and just trying to really fill, fill the gaps um, because we really had about seven true athletes and, and the rest we were just kind of teaching on, on the fly. Um, 
I think that's so crazy. And honestly, it speaks a lot to the league and to you as coaches as well, that you had such enthusiasm from girls who had never played the game before. That is crazy that you had a full roster, 24 people showed up and wanted to participate in your league. Was that a little heartwarming when it, when it first happened? <laughs> the, the thing that struck me was there was a bit of self-doubt for me. Mm -hmm. you know, am I doing a good job? Do the girls, do the players enjoy it? Mm -hmm. And that feedback that we got back from them just made made the whole difference. I mean, the fact that they were begging to come to my house for a end of the year pool party. Yeah. Like, oh, like they really, they want to hang out with yes, us. It, yeah. it, it made it all worthwhile. That's so sweet. So the in review, I guess you could look back on your first season in the league. What would you say was the best thing you remember? Like best memory and maybe the the problem or the challenge or hurdle that slowly got better with time? Because I know the first game, it was tough because the bus was late, right? <laughs> Not and this only is was like an infamous late. story for, <laughs> right. for the girls' five football yes. league. <laughs> Not only was the bus late, but we were actually starting without our starting quarterback exactly. as well. Mm -hmm. And we were also playing without Brianna Andrioli, who we consider our goat of the mm -hmm. football team mm -hmm. because she had a uh, pulled hamstring. Oh, um, you know, and she also runs track too. So I think the challenging part was a lot of the athletes, you know, play spring sports. Mm -hmm. So we had to work around their schedules. We had to work around their work schedules or right. sometimes them come into practice and they're already exhausted and we don't want to overtax them, especially with their spring sport. Mm -hmm. So it was very challenging. And, and as Brooke said, there was a lot of moving parts, um, you know, and, and sometimes I, I think sometimes we lost some faith. Mm -hmm. I know I did at times and it's like, what am I doing? Like, how did I get here? You know, how are we going to get out of this and how are we going to move forward? Because we're truly competitors you know I don't like to lose at yeah. all and I know Brick doesn't like to lose mm -hmm. either so you know sometimes my intensity can sometimes come across a, a little bit harsh you know but at the end of the day I think the girls know that I, I genuinely care care about them you know so even though I'm I'm on them really hard I'm also patting them on the back when it when they do something great right right yeah. what was your best memory from the season Mia well well the surprise win of game one <laughs> probably mm -hmm. was after all it, of the after things. After thinking there's no way. Mm -hmm. But then I just thought of something else, actually. There was a player that I thought probably had no chance mm -hmm. of even just getting on offense. I coached offense. And uh, she worked hard. She had some tough moments, but then she came back. And at the end of the season, she got to play offense. And looking back, that's the growth of the athletes, but that's also the influence of a coach where we want to take a kid that maybe didn't have a chance and you give him a chance. And 100%. that I think was probably my, my best moment. You touched on this earlier briefly, saying you kind of doubted yourself as a coach. I think that is obviously as an athlete, you are always hardest on yourself first and foremost. Yep. How did you kind of get out of your own head a little bit? Because I think if I was in that, in your shoes, I would have been really in my own head on saying, I'm not doing this right, I'm not doing that right. Like, how did you get past that and kind of understand that you were doing a good job and you were helping these girls? You know, the funniest thing is, I think I got, I reached that aha moment coaching when I heard feedback from the opposing coaches. 
and I saw how frustrated they were. And I heard <laughs> like them. Like a true competitor. <laughs> yes, when I heard them yelling at the sideline that we should slow down and we should take our foot off the yeah. pedal, that's when I'm like, ah. I, we're doing it right. We're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a favorite moment from the season? I, I think, I think um, you know, I think Brick hit on the um, hit, hit on the head when we, and I, and I think we're talking about the same player, but this is a player who came out for the team probably three weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a player who, you know, needs a little bit of nurturing and, you know, has some things going, going on at home. Um, but I, I thought it was important to have her be on the team so that she can develop her own sense of, of family. Um, you know, and there were times where she struggled throughout the season and, you know, left practice and, you know, in tears and we had to call her back and just, you know, getting her to hustle. And I do have to share this because this is this is a pet peeve for both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, when I tell you to hustle or on the hop, I expect you I expect you to actually respond. Yeah. This player never responded. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, what, what am I doing that I, I can't reach her, mm-hmm. number one? Mm-hmm. And number two, how am I looking to the other players when I'm telling you to hustle and right. you're still walking? Right. So we had a heart to heart, you know, um, you know, and turns out that sometimes she wanted to manage and other times she wanted to play. But as Brick said, at, at the end of the season, she was actually playing in the championship game, um, you know, and I, I think my moment uh, where it really touched my heart is that this player actually wrote um, a heartfelt letter to all the coaches about how, um, you know, what a great experience for her it was and that this is indeed her family and that she will never forget the opportunity that we gave her. Oh my gosh, yeah. that makes me like yeah. kind of emotional. <laughs> That's so sweet. And it's, it's so crazy because when you signed up for this and you hopped into it, I'm sure from the jump you didn't expect to have such an effect on mm-hmm. young girls' lives. But when you look at this in retrospect, these are going to be some memories that stay with them for the rest of their lives and lessons that they learn and take on with them for wherever their next chapter leads them. For sure. For season three or year three of the league coming up next spring, what do you hope that future holds not only for this league, but for all the girls that participate in it? Hmm. That's a that's a tough question. Uh, I'll I'll start. I I think j- just because I came from the Hall of Fame, I toured the Hall of Fame, and you saw what the NFL looked like in 1929, and it looked nothing like you see today. Right. So I think you have to understand that sometimes it takes time, and you need to build. But knowing that our you know our Hawthorne team and the teams that come after it are part of those building blocks you're gonna be part of history. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the legacy that we wanna leave, that you're doing something special. What about you, Dr. Edwards? I, I agree with that. Um, but if I can add, I would love to see more women a part of you know the, the coaching staff. I think we were probably the only female um, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Um, you know, we did see you know a few women on the coaching staff, but they really were, they weren't calling plays. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't really in charge of the offense or, or the defense. And I think you know, in terms of making a statement with girls being put on the map, and you know, this is such a great opportunity. Um, I would love to see more women. You know, come. 
to have it full circle where the women are, are coaching, you know, and we're kind of outnumbering the, the men because that, that's always understood, right? We always see the male coaches, but you rarely seldomly see women coaches, especially in a sport like this. Mm -hmm. And so I think to come full circle, I, I would love to see more women being active in this role in terms in terms of rolling out this initiative, um, which, which is a great initiative for the girls. It really is. I always, whenever I talk about this league to either my family or friends that I have, I always say, thank, one, thank God that this league wasn't around. I would have been even way more competitive than I already am. So probably good that I kept Ditto. some friends in high school. Ditto. Um, but two, like what an incredible opportunity. I would have been all over this. I know we had like one powder puff game, like you kind of re referenced earlier in high school. And it was always around homecoming. But it wasn't like a league where you got uniforms and cleats and just what an amazing experience. And especially to have the two of you, not only as coaches, but as role models to look up to. Man, I'm jealous of these girls. I should have been born <laughs> later in life. <laughs> I'm having like a girl crush moment over here. <laughs> but thank you both so much. I can't thank you for what you're doing for this league and for the girls in general, but also for coming onto the podcast, sharing your story, being able to spread all of what this league is doing and how progressive it is in women's football sure. and that and showing that it's not made just for men it, it can be a women's sport absolutely, too. absolutely absolutely thank you so much for, for the invite of course really enjoy it, enjoy you guys are sense. welcome back anytime <laughs> and, and thank you to the jets organization for it, sure it takes effort it takes money and we really appreciate that the organization willing to to put it forward because uh, i guarantee that you're going to see dividends if you keep investing in, in women a hundred percent you always do all right thank you both so much thank you thank, thank you, you.